This is Pivot Perspectives with Chris O'Byrne, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on their road to success and get exclusive access on how to implement their success into your life and business. Pivot Perspectives is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chris O'Byrne. All right. Well, good morning and welcome, Jason. So glad to have you here and uh, to talk about your story. Always fun. Always fun to be uh, with good old Chris O'Byrne. And, uh, <laughs> shoot the you know what here and there, right? That's right. I always love it. <laughs> oh, man. So there's so much to cover. So, but let's go back to where, you know, because I want to talk about your business growth and and what's brought you to where you're at now but it really does start on a little tiny farm in northwest or northeastern montana so why don't you tell me a little bit about where you grew up and and how that affected the rest of your life yeah yeah so i grew up in a little town of a couple hundred uh fairview montana and you know i just grew up a farm kid that's how i grew up and there was a lot of lessons in that, you know, hard work and, you know, a seed, right? You can't rush a seed. So you put a seed in the ground, it's going to grow and it's going to grow. And that's one thing that I really learned from that childhood experience on the farm is, you know, today people don't view it that way. Everybody wants stuff right now, right? So. But how I grew up as a kid, there was no right now, right? Everything was the toil of the farm. You know, you planted, it went through its season, and then you harvested. You couldn't rush that process. And I took a lot of that from my parents because my parents were both very entrepreneurial. My mom owned uh she owned a clothing store in town she owned a restaurant in town she owned a video shop in town so you know and then my dad he was an entrepreneur he was a farmer and my father was a vietnam vet and he always just considered himself non-employable anywhere else so <laughs> so so uh he came back he grew up on a farm and his farm was literally like a half a mile from where he grew up so my whole family very co-located that way and but yeah there was a lot of lessons in growing up that way too many to even discuss here but but that journey itself really taught me a lot not just about business but about life so you come from kind of a long line of military people your dad was in vietnam uh, I believe your grandfather also served. Is that what drove you to join the military? Yeah, I mean, the family tradition of things. I mean, we got a very long lineage on my mom and on my dad's side of, you know, combat fighters and services, service to country and all that kind of stuff. And all those are drivers, right, in a very big way. Because you look at, you know, and this is, I'm not trying to like put veterans on a pedestal or anything, but, but if you look at a veteran owned business versus 
a non-veteran owned business, you'll see some very specific differences in them for sure. And they vary, obviously. It's like anything else. There's veteran businesses out there that don't run very smoothly too. But I'm just saying overall, yeah. you know, when you've been through all those pressure situations in your life uh, in the military, it brings a little different dynamic to business. And that would be just the point I would want to get across there is it's not about somebody's better than somebody else. It's just a little different dynamic. That's all. So, and, and we'll cover a little bit more about your military service, but where in this mix did you become the entrepreneur? When did you start your first business? Yeah. So, you know, I got into, well, there was a lot of failures <laughs> for sure. A ton of failures. And I remember this would have been, I don't know, like 1997 or something, right? I I was watching an infomercial, right? And it was about this system that you could buy, right? You know, the thud marketing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You buy it, you get a box, and they drop it, and it goes thud, and there's so much crap in it, you can't even. <laughs> the louder the thud, the better it must be. Right? Yeah, for sure. But anyway, it was this system of, uh, like, main events in your life for reminders, right? So you could sell these little, uh, these little booklets, right? And then people would put, like, all their dates that they wanted to be reminded of something in their life, right? So you'd sell this as a system. And they would fill it out and then say it was their mother's birthday. Two days before the birthday, they would get a card in the mail that says, hey, don't forget it's your mom's birthday in two days, right? Which obviously that's completely obsolete now with calendars and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But then none, there was no computers. None of that really existed then. So, but that was like a massive, massive failure. I mean, it was awful. It was terrible. And it's not like I lost a lot of money in it or anything. That wasn't really the point. The point was, is it was my very first taste of failure, right? Because I'd never really failed it, never really failed at anything in life on a what I considered a big scale at that point in my life. Because, you know, everything as a kid, I was, would say I was average at pretty much everything. And, you know, I wasn't a good student or anything by any means. And, you know, but I didn't fail at things either. And then I joined the military and just excelled And from there. And then while I was in, I had that first failure. And it just really kicked me in the nuts. It really did. And it, it just, that feeling was so horrible to like really fail at something. It wasn't a money thing. It was, it was just the, about the fact that I couldn't get people to buy into this idea that I had of how great it was. Right. And and that was one of the, the first businesses I ever started. 
Um, and then later, I, there was many other little things that I'd done that led to kind of one of the first successes that I had, and that was with you know the framing of the custom, the custom uh, uh, sports memorabilia frames, uh, which you saw when you were here at my house. And that turned into a pretty neat little company. <laughs> and, you know, it was unique, very unique, and it still exists today. And it's a, it's just a great little company. But, but there were all those little failures with that along the way, too. And, you know, one of the unique things that I got into, too, uh, that really kind of started to build that institutional, institutional knowledge in my head earlier there what I really attribute to the success I've had today is I started so the internet become prominent with the uh, websites and e-commerce and all that stuff and so I started buying these little crappy little website businesses and and then I would, would you know get them doing a little better and then flip them around and and it's not like it was a ton of money in it but but the point is I learned the operational space of business right? and I learned how to really take the military operational experience and kind of couple it and plug it in there which is exactly the same system I use today so it, I got to refine it through all those little test pilots, right? And over years and years, right? And I figured out that formula, that little eight or nine step formula that you take every business through and create that trinity of success is what I call it uh, around that business. And it just works. So, you know, my first businesses were were complete flops, I would say. But what I learned from that was priceless, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just having your own system, mm -hmm. pulling from all your failures, pulling from your success in the military, putting it together, and then testing that over. And, and I'm sure you're still refining that. When you go back to look at your first success, what do you attribute that success to? What made that one a success? Was it just pure luck that you stumbled onto the right thing, which so many people are hoping to do? Or what was it that you had learned that you were able to make this one a success? Pure grit of mm -hmm. getting past where everybody else quit. And breaking that first barrier across to from employee mindset to because remember, I was an employee still. Right. So I was in the military. So I was employed. Right. And so it was breaking across that barrier of failure, 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 where most people go, then failure. I can't do this anymore. Right. For me, it was fail, 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 fail. And that's where I learned to just keep failing fast, right? Just keep failing fast over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually, 
you're going to hit, <laughs> right? So, so a lot of testing. A lot of testing. So I call them micro pivots now, right? That's yeah. the word I use today is just micro pivoting. It's like, you know, you're up on the disco floor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Doing I'd like that. to see that sometime. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but that's the difference, though, is a lot of people, they have this idea that they want to be entre entrepreneurial, right? And I truly believe that the human race was designed to be entrepreneurs, right? It's ju we just got spoiled. Right. Yeah. Because go back to the caveman. You had to hunt. Right. You had to protect. You had to do all these things. You were a freaking entrepreneur. Right. Otherwise, if you weren't, you weren't going to eat. So you're going to die. You know, you couldn't protect your family. You couldn't do all these things. We were born very entrepreneurial to work on our own. You know. You know, Mr. Caveman then was the CEO of his tribe, right? Yeah. And what he failed to do would shape the course of the tribe, right? It's it's so different today in business, right? It's just now we're lazy and we don't have to. We forge by going to the grocery store and sliding a credit card, right? Yes. <laughs> so, right, so while we work for someone else. Right, pretty much. So. You know, if if a lot of people could just get back to the core of who we are and try to put themselves in that monkey brain a little bit again, right? The you can kind of draw some of that from that for sure. That might sound really weird, but but it's true. No, it does. It makes sense. I've been reading the Laura Ingalls Wilder series to my daughter. And as I'm reading it, I'm seeing it through this whole new lens of, wow, her pa was an entrepreneur. He was farming and hunting and selling what he could and trying new things. And he'd go try to get some land and make a farm on that. And that wouldn't work. So then he'd move somewhere else. Then he tried working in a, a, a hotel. And it was one pivot after another. It was so entrepreneurial. It was, I mean, and it was grit. I mean, we talk about, you know, the pioneers and the resilience and grit that it took them. Well, it wasn't just the grit to stay alive. It was the grit to make, they needed to make money. They needed to make a living. And they were constantly trying and doing whatever they could to make that work. And, and you're right. We are spoiled. I see it all the time. People just aren't willing to keep at it and like, ah, well, I'll just go work at Walmart and collect food stamps or whatever concessions that they make to the easy life. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because if I, you know, years and years and years ago, people would used to ask me, what do you want to do? Uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And I could never answer that. So I used to always say, I just want to be a Walmart reader, right? <laughs> 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 Where now somebody asked me that question, I just say, I don't know. I'll let you know when I actually grow up. It's a much better answer. 
Because you know? I don't really ever want to grow up, right? I don't have a or people say, you know, well, what's your what's your uh, what's your end game? I don't know. Because I don't want to have one, right? If I have an actual end game, right? Or what is the saying? Uh, the destination, right? Because mm. all of our destinations are death, and I don't want to think that far ahead. Because <laughs> <Right? So, laughs> there's only two things for sure in life, and that's death and taxes. So, um, <laughs> so, so when you look at that, I, I don't want to arrive ever, right? Yeah. I just want to stay on the journey all the time because being on the journey is exciting. It's fun. And, and to me, that's what's most important. So there are other, um, there are other pieces of your military life that contributed to your business success. One is grit and determination. The other is the operational side of things that you learned. And, and I'm sure you can, continue to learn much more as you you rose in the ranks but you also learned something about you know choosing uh and refining your target so tell me a little bit about what you actually did in the military and then how your role as a sniper played into some of more of your business success today yeah so you know when i when i joined the military you know, my, my father, he said, be a truck driver. Do something that is a skill that you can relate outside. So I went to MAPS and did the military entrance processing station, for those that don't know what that is. And I did the physical, the breeze through that, the the test, the, the written test, thought I breezed through that, right? <laughs> so I sit in the chair next to the counselor. And he goes, what do you want to do, son? And I said, all I want to do is be a truck driver. And he said, you're too dumb for that. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, what can I do? He said, well, you can be an infantryman. And I was like, okay, that is not what my father told me to do, right? Because my father was in Vietnam, too. And, uh, and but I didn't really have any choice and I didn't know that there was this whole setup behind all this stuff. Later on, obviously I found out my scores were high enough. I could have been in military intelligence, which is an oxymoron anyway, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but my scores were way high enough, but you know what? I don't regret that moment because you know, I went into a world that was very, very hardcore, right? And it just battle hardened you in a very big way. Not just for the military part, but for life experiences, right? And I mean, if I told some of my stories of my beginnings my military service most people would be like how how did that even happen because <laughs> right? today it wouldn't even be acceptable right but that's what really made that hardcore grit inside of me right and then you know being in all those different leadership positions 
And, you know, I was a reconnaissance guy. Uh, a big chunk of my career I spent as a, as a sniper. And, you know, those things taught me patience, right? Because you'd have to sit there on the glass for hours at a time looking through the scope, right? Patience and, you know, sometimes you just got to wait, right? You got to wait. Everything isn't just right now. And I took a lot of that from that experience being a sniper and, you know, then rose all the way up the ranks to retiring as a first sergeant, infantry first sergeant. And, you know, being exposed to all the different levels of management, right, per se, helped me learn about people and how to leverage people in the right way, how to make collaboration, how to, you know, get people to do things that need to be done through providing purpose, direction, and motivation, right? And those are the things that I took into what I do today with, you know, like just for instance, the strategic advisor board. Very highly collaborated, right? Lots of joint venture partnerships, all these things come together. And all of that, I took that from pushing troops, right? It was just a different, it was a different environment. That's all. Today, we just don't have bullets. We have laptops. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could throw a laptop at somebody if I had to. (laughs) (laughs) Whack him in the head with it. So you, okay, so how long were you in the military and when did you get out? And how many businesses did you have by the time you got out? So I retired at the end of 2016 is when I retired. I served 23 years total. Um. And I had already started uh, the first brand of SAB, what SAB is today, before I even left uniform. I'd started that before I even took the uniform off. I'd already written two books at that point. You you republished them. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I'd already written two books before I left the military which is where I tied all that operational experience in to, uh, I think the first one was called Combat Boots to Internet Entrepreneur, right? Because I was doing a lot of the things I was doing on the internet because it's the only place I could really do things, right? Owning like a hard stand business wasn't really an option at that point in the military. And, And that's why the like, Flipping thing worked really well with internet business stuff, right? So there was a lot of them, quite a few of them. And, you know, then I I started like compressing down the businesses that I really thought I could really amp up in the next 10 to 15 years. Because my exit plan was always at 50. That was that was the 
that was the goal. So it was to exit 50. Well, we're almost there and <laughs> getting closer. And yeah. I'll hit that goal, I think. It'll we'll be pretty close anyway to where I can just exit all the things I'm doing and, you know, really be able to spend a lot more quality time with family and things like that. And because goals are subjective. Everybody has different ones. So is success is subjective, all of those things. But no matter what in life, there people will say not about the money. It's always about the money. Right? Yeah. To say it's not is is ridiculous because everything we do in our life, whether it is just living or the things we want to do, or we want to do philanthropy work, it all takes money to do it. So unless you're going to live in a van down by the river. <laughs> and even that takes money. You got to pay for gas. That's right. <laughs> so hopefully I answered that question, but. Um, you, know, you did. Now uh, I have a leading question for you. What's that stack of books beside you? That's all my books right there. Which every single one, every single one, international bestseller. Yep, all thirteen of them. I think there's twelve in the pile there, but um, but I think it's thirteen total with the Rogue book we just pushed. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So you yeah. So that's that's been part of your plan too, is becoming not just behind the scenes building up a business or businesses but stepping out of your comfort zone a bit and becoming more influential, uh, which included doing these books. It includes, well, you have an award-winning podcast out uh, and podcasts that you're doing. You write for Forbes and Entrepreneur, and uh, you've been doing a whole lot of things. How does that tie into and help what you're trying to do with the strategic advisor board, Sab. Yeah, yeah. So let me back up to 2016, and I never wanted to be that person, ever. That was never my goal. My goal was not to be sprayed all over social media, any of that stuff. I always just wanted to be the guy behind the chair, right? The guy behind the chair that said, you know, hey, business owner, let me help you maneuver your way through this path because I've been here and I have a specific skill to help you do that. I have a very specific skill that I can help you do that. A very specific set of skills to help people guide through that. And being able to do all that was very, very important. And I didn't want to be in the limelight at all. I wanted to be the person behind the scenes that said, look, you take all the credit for this, right? I'll help you through the waters. I don't want any credit for it. You be the hero of your company, right? Well, I started to realize years later after doing that with 
you know, probably well over a hundred businesses is that, you know, I'm not even paying attention to my own very well, right? And getting it global, you know, to be more of a global powerhouse, right? So that's why I then formed what is now the strategic advisor board out of that and, you know, position myself with a company that's now extremely global, right? And I knew I had to, I had to, I had to get out of my own comfort zone and be able to share the experience, right? Because that that experience is what is the draw to bring people in, right? And, you know, I have plenty of experience, but now I also have nine other people around me that have a lot of experience, too, in their own right. But as the CEO of the company, it's up to me to be the face, right? I have to be the one that's out there in the social media limelight why because that's just where we are today you either you either do it or you're probably gonna die at some point and because it's our you know our ideal client today is changing rapidly and that ideal client today is not you and i it's the millennial group and the gen z group right and where are they Social media, that's where they are. So so I made that pretty massive transition about two and a half years ago. That's it. It was only a couple of years ago when I made that transition to really starting to put myself out there. And really the only probably the last year and a half, like really going, put putting myself out there. And... You know, it's done a lot from an influencer standpoint, and but it's great because I get to affect people in a different way, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Can you briefly, because I know one of the, the one of the pieces of how you help businesses grow massively is the, the, the Trinity model. Can you briefly talk about that? Yeah, so I believe in the Trinity. The Trinity is the triangle is the most it's the strongest shape in nature. And so I plan everything in business around that Trinity. So, and I always look at it in, in the way of it's within everything I do. If, if it's not three wins, I don't do it. Right. So there always has to be three wins, whether it's working with JV partners, whatever the case may be. And planning your entire business structure around that trinity. So because around that trinity now, you have three legs. Those three legs should be the three pathways of income that come into your company. And that's where a lot of companies fail is because they only have one, right? But you should have three, and then off of those, you should have three passive forms of income off of those legs, right? So that's how you create generational wealth, right, is, you know, and I think we're, we should all be working towards that, 
the generational wealth side for sure. But but the trinity of success is it's based off of all those failures and it's also based off of that military operational model. I see the next book that we need, the big the the, the legacy book, your yeah. book that talk that includes that piece. I, I've been envisioning that for a little while now. Uh, but that's a talk for another day. <laughs> the strategic advisor board, how do people take advantage of that? How to how do people leverage what you've done with that for, to build their own business and to build their own generational wealth? Yeah, I it, it's more the advisory piece of things, right? So, and it's like I always tell people, you have to surround yourself with people that have, they don't have to have arrived, right? Because I don't believe in arriving, actually, but but people that have, they've walked in some of those shoes, right? Why reinvent the wheel, right? Why take the arrows in the back? Look, I've taken a lot of arrows in the back. <laughs> so, a lot of bullets. Maybe some of those too, probably. Um, but, but the point is, don't try to do it yourself, right? You know, I watch these new because I'm part of Boulder Startup Week, and I watch these new, you know, founders. They just try to do it all themselves. And that's why they fail. Surround yourself with a couple good advisors, right? Um, and that's one of the things that SAB provides is, is an advisor board, right? For your business. And if you do that, you reduce the arrows, right? And that's what's key, reduce the arrows. You're always going to take some arrows no matter what. You know what? Because life isn't perfect and neither is business. I don't care what you do. You rip the curtain curtain open beyond any business and you're going to find some messes no matter what. We have our own, right? <laughs> so we all have our own messes. To, But the point is, is we keep moving forward, right? And we do have those people like you met Don, my neighbor, right? Yeah. We, we have people like Don in our lives that have, I mean, walked some really heavy shoes in the business world. And, and when Don speaks about something, he's speaking from, you know, massive experience. And I take a lot of that to heart when he, when he gives me some advice. and. Those are the relationships that are priceless, you know, and, and I, we consider Don a part of our family, right? He comes over and he does pancakes with the kids and, and all these things. But so he's a really great friend, but he's also a really good mentor. And, and I've taken a lot from that relationship from the friend and mentorship, mentorship side. And and I highly appreciate that. And we all need a little bit of that in our life. 
the outside influence, right? That outside influence that uh, has that sage advice for sure. So, and that's what we provide for, you know, young business owners. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes you're you're 50 years old running a business and you're just stuck in your ways. And you need somebody to just come in and kick you in the head and go, look, just because this is the way you've always been doing it doesn't make it doesn't make it the way you should be doing it today. Right. So, yeah. So if people want to learn more about you and learn how they can learn from you, where do you like to send them? Very easy. If you're a Googler, Jason Miller, Strategic Advisor Board everything and everything will come up so or strategicadvisorboard.com either way or you can see a lot of my other things uh all all over social media it's everywhere it's pretty easy to find (laughs) great because i know people are going to be interested well thanks for coming on giving us some of your your life story and and your business life uh and then even sharing some you know like useful tips um, some a lot of valuable information people can get from this uh, to just to get this things going on their own um, and and to know that they can come to you when they need to when they're ready for that next step. So I, I appreciate you and your time. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for listening to Pivot Perspectives with your host, Chris O'Byrne. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advice on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.